Hello, and welcome to the Emmy Awards. I'm your host, Emmy Cardinale. This is my podcast where I talk about what I've been watching or re-watching once a week. Before I get started, I do want to say that there was no episode last week. I didn't post about it anywhere because I honestly forgot. I had friends in town and I had intended to record an episode with them. They wanted to be on the podcast, but I typically typically record on Thursdays and my second friend flew in on Thursday and so my first friend we didn't want to like do it without her but then she flew in late and because of the time difference it was like past midnight for them and it just it didn't seem like the best idea and then the next few days were really busy so it just I was like I'm just not doing a podcast episode this week so sorry if you noticed that I was gone um and thank you honestly that's very sweet if you were like oh there's no episode of the Emmy Awards thanks for caring about this this is just a fun little thing that I do for fun (laughs) this episode is going to be like a mishmash just general thoughts on everything I've been watching lately next episode I think I'm gonna do another deep dive review Um, I like to do one every few episodes, maybe one every other episode. I'm still figuring out my format, but I like the idea of doing one every other episode if time allows. I think I'm going to do one of You Season 4 Part 1. I I think that'll be my next episode, but I haven't fully decided if I want to do that because I have thoughts about You Season 4 that I'll get into in a second. Actually, let me just jump right in to my thoughts on You Season 4. So, You Season 4, it came out, like, there are five episodes, and then five more episodes are coming out March 1st, I believe. And I do have to say, something I really love about You is that every season manages to feel different and unique, and, like, there's always a new angle. It doesn't feel stale, ever. It doesn't feel like you're just watching the same plots again and again. Like, there's always some different... Like, there's always something unique about each season. Like, season one was very much like, we're getting to know you. It's the first time we see him stalking somebody. Then season two, he moves to a different town, and there's the big plot twist at the end, spoiler alert, that love is also kind of like a serial killer. And then season three, it's Joe and Love trying to manage, one, that they have a child now, and two, that they both kill people. (laughs) So it's really... I have to say, I still think, I haven't seen all of season four yet, but I still think season two and three, seasons two and three are like my favorite. I think they both have something really interesting to, like they're, they're, they're so interesting how it evolved. And I do appreciate that about you. I also have to say that I watched you, I started watching you when it was like airing on like network TV. I don't remember what network. It didn't get much traction on there. Like it wasn't a, like nobody was talking about it when it was airing week to week, but I literally put a series recording on my parents' Xfinity account and would watch it every week when it came out because I saw a preview and Shay Mitchell was in it and she was like kissing a girl. And I'm like, Shay Mitchell being gay, big fan, I'll, I'll tune in. And, and Penn Badgley was in it. Like it just, I don't know. I, I was watching it from the beginning because I honestly I just I love television and I'm very prone to just giving a show a shot even if it's just a couple episodes see if I like it like I will watch most things at least for a little while so I was watching it when it was like airing and then it went to Netflix and it became a big thing and it was really funny to see all these people watching this like it, it being this big conversation 
and people like binging it when I had been watching it episode by episode, like week by week. It was just, it was a very weird experience. And then it got moved to Netflix completely, but it wasn't always a Netflix show. But I do really like that about you. Like, I I think you is a very well done show. There are always similar themes, but they're done kind of in a different, unique way. And I do appreciate that. Now, I have to say, I haven't been the biggest fan of season four so far. And it's nothing... I really, I can't pinpoint why I don't like it as much as the other seasons. Like, I really can't. I don't know. Like, I've I've been trying to figure out what it is. And maybe you have to rewatch season four, part one, to really understand why it's just not captivating me the same way. Um, But I do think it has something to do with, I don't know if I'm getting tired of Joe or like what it is, but I have just gotten to a point where like season two, it was him being like, okay, I'm not going to do this again. And then like, you know, he starts doing this again, but then he falls in love with like, it was, it was just interesting. And it was like different. And then season three, I loved because it was like both of them kind of figuring it out together. And it was so interesting. And I really like, don't like spoiler alert. (laughs) If you haven't seen you, you, seasons two and three I'm gonna spoil like a lot I already spoiled a little bit about love but I really did not like and I wasn't happy about them killing love off because I thought it was so interesting their dynamic was so interesting because they killed for very different reasons and their reactions to killing people was very different like Joe would kill somebody and he would be very methodical and he'd be like we have to do this and this and this and this to get rid of the body where love would like kill somebody and she'd like freak out about it and she'd be like how do you know to get rid of a body like it was just like she was a much more impulsive killer and Joe just isn't I just I don't know it's just there's something about it was so good I loved season three um I loved season two as well because I rewatched it because I moved to LA and I was like, I kind of want to, I don't know. I was in the mood. It's like, you know, LA. Anyways, I don't know. There's just something about season four that's just not hitting the same. I do like, I was excited about the premise of like somebody framing him for murder. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the five episodes. The fact that there was a reveal at the end of episode five that felt kind of anticlimactic for me. Maybe I'm just getting tired of Joe's shit, like of him being like, I'm not going to kill anybody, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. That's why I loved love because she never like denied the fact that she like did fucked up things or like tried to find some like noble reason for like the things she was doing. Joe is so fucking infuriating because he will literally kill somebody and be like, no, you like he rationalizes it. And like, I know, I know, I know that's his shtick, but I think I'm just getting tired of it. And I loved seeing love be like, you think that you're all noble and you have reasons for the things you do. And I'm just crazy. And I just, I loved her. I loved her so much. And I feel her absence in this season. I do have to say um, that I really liked, when I started watching season four, I was like, he's supposed to be dead and he's done absolutely like nothing to disguise himself. How am I supposed to believe that people aren't going to be like, oh, that's, that's the guy from like the article. He literally says at the end of season three that like it went viral. People knew him and his face was on it. And even if it hadn't gone viral, like her death had to have been publicized because she was like the daughter of a like a wealthy family that owned a luxury grocery store. 
She was a public figure. When Forty died, like, people were talking about Forty. Like, in season three, when they moved to Madre Linda, like, they were talking about Forty or whatever behind Love's Back. I just don't buy that the people wouldn't recognize him. So I do like that. I mean, the one person who recognizes him is literally, like, a private investigator for, like, the Quinn family. So he was sent there to, like, find out what was going on. Um, but I... I I don't know. I liked that that at least caught up to him. I liked that Marianne was like, you're a murderer. I don't like you. And I think, honestly, I feel like Marianne's reaction and all of that should make him realize. And I don't think he ever will. I don't think he ever will. Because he still views love as this monster, crazy per- like person. Like He's never going to sympathize with her. He's not. But I just wish that Joe would see, like, Marianne's reaction and realize that he's never going to have somebody who loves him wholly and completely for all of his fucked up parts, even the murderous parts, ever again. Like, he had love who saw the fact that he was a stalker, a murderer, all of that, and he and she loved him anyway. That's, like, the dream. I mean, not that I'm a murderer, but, like, the dream... <laughs> the dream is to have somebody who loves you and sees all the parts about yourself that you don't like or that you're trying to change or that you're ashamed of and loves you anyway like I'm sorry she was too good for him like it it just it pissed me off it pissed me off because and it would have been so interesting to see them like kill people together or and like they had their moments in season three but it's just it makes me sad love Quinn was taken from us too soon I keep going on random tangents and I'm not getting to the point but I do like the premise of him being like framed for murder. That's interesting to me. I don't know. I think that the five episodes we've seen so far, like the ending doesn't make me want to keep watching, if that makes sense. I'm like, okay, so we found out allegedly who the person who's been framing, not allegedly, but like, you know, supposedly, supposedly we found out who is framing them. I've seen theories that Joe is hallucinating this person, that he's not real, like, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't really know. I don't really know what the end of, like, the rest of it is going to be. But I just feel like I came away from those five episodes being like, if I didn't get any other episodes, I I wouldn't care. Like, I'm not sitting at a place where I'm like, I want to keep watching. So I don't know if there's something about the way they built the suspense. Like, I just, I don't know. I want love to come back, but I know that's probably never going to happen. I want someone to take joe down i don't know i don't know it really bothers me that like the private investigator just gives joe a new identity like why not kill joe maybe the private investigator knew that like love was a murderer and he was like good riddance she should be gone but it just bothers me that that he just like let joe go free like why does this man get break after break while all the women around him die I didn't mean to talk about you season four for as long as I have, but I have a lot of thoughts. So maybe I will do an episode by episode breakdown. Um, I do have to say it being split off in like part one and part two will be very helpful for me as a podcaster because it won't take as long to rewatch all of all of part one and take notes and all of that for for a deep dive. So I think I'll do that next, but I don't know. Okay. The next thing I have on my list is Perfect Match on Netflix. I love it so far i'm a big reality tv specifically like dating reality tv kind of girl big fan and i knew some of the people which is why i started watching it like i've followed francesca since to want to handle 
loved her on Too Hot to Handle. Like, I, I'm a big fan. I, I found, like, I her TikTok started getting recommended to me, and she was posting with Jesse, her boyfriend. And then I started following Jesse, and I find Jesse's content really interesting. And I just, I'm, I'm, I really like her. And I was excited to see her on TV again. So I don't know. I, I tuned in because I was like, this would be interesting. And I really like it so far. I really do. Um, I have to say, I the first four episodes or whatever, the first drop of episodes that came out the first week, I don't know how many episodes it was, but that one I, I watched like with my friends and I was cooking for some of it. So I did not fully watch all of it completely like attentively so maybe maybe that's why I feel a little bit confused but what I'm confused about is like how I know that at the end one couple is going to be voted the perfect match but I just I don't understand how that's going to happen and if it's really gonna be I don't know I mean maybe they haven't like really explained it but I'm excited to see what that's gonna look like because I feel like then you could just vote for your friends like is it gonna be like on four weddings on TLC, which I loved that show, they would like rate them like like certain aspects, certain things. They'd be like the dress this, the dress that. So it was like more cumulative of that. They like I, I don't know what it's going to be like. Like how is somebody going to win the perfect match? Is the amount of compatibility competitions that they win going to factor into it? Is it solely based on people voting? Like that's what I'm really interested in. I kind of hope the compatibility compatibility competitions do factor into it because I think that would be really smart it would be nice if the competitions weren't just to then pick who comes in I think it would be like I I don't know I'm just interesting interested to see how it ends I really like that they've like when I was watching the show with my friends I was like I know multiple of these girls I know multiple of them are like bi or pan and um one of my friends was like, what's stopping them from just dating each other? And I, it seemed like at the beginning, it was like guys versus girls. Like the guys had the power and they had to pair up. And I do like that at the, like in the new set of episodes that dropped this week, um, it seems like it's more open. And Francesca was paired with a girl. Like she got sent on a date with a girl. And I liked that. I think more shows, it makes it more interesting when it's not so rigid like heteronormative and stuff like are you the one season eight where it was like all queer couples or like everybody was like that was such a good season of tv it was amazing because there was so much drama and it made the game of are you the one which if you haven't seen are you the one everybody has like a perfect match that's been like paired ahead of time and you have to match with each other and every week there's like a matching there's something called the truth booth which the group votes on a couple to go into it to either like decide if they're a match or like eliminate them as a match like sometimes they'll send couples in there just to be like are you a match or you not like let's get this sorted out um sometimes they send people in there who they're like we're sure they're a match things like that and then they have it's the only way to like figure out for sure who a match is. Besides that, you do like at the end of the week, there's like a ceremony. And depending on how many correct matches are, like cer- like a certain amount of beams light up. 
and are you the one like the regular seasons it has become pretty easy to win i think they i don't know what season but it's some season they started being like if you get no matches a ceremony you start to lose money because it was almost like guaranteed that they were going to figure out the number of matches but anyways all of the like the they were going to figure out who the matches are because statistically it wasn't that hard but so all of this to say that with the queer season where it was like anybody could be anybody's match it was statistically a lot harder to figure it out and one of the contestants whose names I don't remember because this aired years ago was like a big numbers guy and he said like after they had a blackout at one of the ceremonies which is when they get no matches and he said that he did the math and that it would have been like really really hard to figure out who was matched with them like who the matches were if they didn't get that blackout um, like that helped a lot, which I don't think a blackout is necessary. And then I don't know. I just it was so interesting. It was so interesting. Um, great season of television. All of this to say that I think it really just behooves people and like network execs, in my opinion, to like make things more inclusive because it widens the amount of people who are going to watch it. Like people want to see themselves on TV. They want to relate to people. They want to see people that they feel like they understand who represent them and it's just like it, it it's more interesting there's there's just so many interesting dynamics to queer relationships that maybe aren't there with straight relationships not like 100 percent of the time but like i don't know it adds another layer to it and it was such a good episode like a good season of reality tv and i like that perfect match is kind of incorporating that and letting people talk about their sexuality even carousel who actually she was on are you the one that's where i know her from and then she was on something beasts where which was a netflix show where you go on a date wearing like an like a mask or something and you have to pick the person based solely on their personality she was a panda (laughs) so that's why she's on perfect match because it's people from previous netflix shows but she was she like talked very openly about her sexuality i like that i think it's important i think it's nice so i like the perfect match so far i'm really interested to see on like see how it ends i'm always really interested i know i've said this before on like how reality shows develop after like their initial season um because like I I always find that particularly fascinating uh I was not watching The Bachelor during its like infancy but I find the history of the show very fascinating and it's very interesting to me to start a show right when it's starting and see how it grows with any show like not even just reality tv I feel the same way about you where I was watching it like week to week and now it's like a streamed show and they're doing like like every season has been different and now season four it's all on netflix but they're doing two parts like it's just really interesting to me to watch a show i there are a lot of shows that i have started like years after the the entire show has ended i love gilmore girls it's one of my favorite shows ever but i was not watching it when it was airing because i was a child (laughs) so i only watched it on netflix like years years and years and years after it ended i actually the day that i finished watching gilmore girls for the first time like i watched the finale is the same day that they announced that they were doing the revival that it was like for sure gonna happen so it was actually really nice for me because i was like well i just finished it but now i get to see the revival and not that long um or whatever but anyways i there are a lot of shows that i've watched long after they've ended 
But I find it so fun and interesting to watch a show while it's airing um, and be part of that conversation and all that, especially with social media now. So I don't know where this tangent started, but I'm excited to see if Perfect Match continues, how it's going to look. I feel like it's going to be kind of like a Bachelor in paradise e thing where it's like your favorite people are coming back i i love that i think that's very smart very like it's it's a smart business practice because people are gonna i mean i started watching this show i think i might have checked it out anyway but i really i was like i know francesca like i know these people from love is blind like i was intrigued because i knew the people and i just i think that's very smart of netflix to be doing but anyways that's my little thoughts on perfect match Okay, the next thing I have on my list is the new Gina Gina Rodriguez show called Not Dead Yet. Now, okay, with peace and love, I am not the biggest Gina Rodriguez fan. No hate to her. I loved Jane the Virgin when it was airing. I never finished it because when they brought Michael back from the dead, I was like, I'm out. Let him rest in peace respectfully. Like, don't even get me started on that, okay? It really bothered me. It really bothered me. And maybe this was their plan on all along. If they wanted her to end up with Raphael, then they should have had her end up with Raphael without either killing Michael off in the first place or killing Michael off and then bringing him back just to prove that she would have picked Raphael anyway. Like, you killed him off, let him stay dead. I know it's a very telenovela-y show. Like, that's its whole shtick. You know, secret twins, her baby got kidnapped, yada, yada, yada. I, I get it. I get the vibe. It's based off of a Venezuelan telenovela. As a Venezuelan, I can respect it. But it just bothered me. It bothered me because I loved Michael and I loved their relationship. And there was no need to kill him off just to bring him back to life, like just have her be married to him and get divorced and then pick Raphael. Like what's the point of killing him off just to then bring him back to life to prove that it wasn't because he died that she picked Raphael. It's annoying to me. Anyways, that's not why I'm I'm not the biggest Gina Rodriguez fan. I don't want to go into it, but no hatred to her. But I did check out the show Not Dead Yet because it is about an obituary writer. And if you do not know me, hi, my name's Emmy, and I design newspapers for a living. So any time there's a show, a movie, anything about journalism in any capacity, I will be checking it out. I have enjoyed it so far. I think I've watched three episodes and I do like there is an autistic character and he's played by an autistic actor, which I really appreciate and I think is super important. I don't think... We should have people who are not autistic playing autistic actors um, or playing autistic characters. It it, it often just leads to stereotyping and like a caricature um, when there are so many talented autistic people who could do the job. Like anyways, so don't even get me started on that. But I really appreciate that about the show. I have to say, I think it's very funny. It's so funny to me watching the show as somebody who works at a like like at a newspaper. I like it so far. I do really like the premise of her being an obituary writer who like sees because I loved the show Ghost Whisper. <laughs> um I was a big fan of Ghost Whisper, so it's kind of a similar thing where she like writes the obituary and then once she's written the obituary, the person like passes on and isn't haunting her anymore. And I do like the premise. Um, it's a very digestible, easy show. I like anything about journalism. I'm enjoying it so far. Um, I like, I don't know her name, but the actress from New Girl who played Cece, she's great in it. It, It's a very interesting show. I'm a fan so far. Um, Abbott Elementary, 
has been slaying recently. Janine and Gregory, that kiss in the last episode, if you know what I'm talking about. I was screaming, crying, throwing up. I've been waiting. I know most people have been waiting, but I've been waiting. But yeah, no, I love Abbott. I love Abbott. It's it's just the best show ever. If you're not watching Abbott Elementary, what are you doing with your life, respectfully? The next thing I have on my list is The Watchful Eye. I've, I've started watching that show. It's airing on Freeform, I believe. I don't know. I watch it on Hulu the next day, and I like it so far. I'm not super big into like stuff that's like supernatural and there is that element it's about this nanny who she she's like nannying for this one couple because her and her boyfriend are trying to like steal a ruby that's hidden in this building or whatever and um I've only watched like three episodes so if I'm getting like don't come for me okay I'm not caught up that's the main reason that she's like nannying but she's staying in, like, I don't know, she keeps seeing a ghost or whatever and constantly, like, I, I'm i not the biggest fan of that kind of thing, but I really like the actress. She was in Promised Land, and I loved her in that. Um, so I decided to check, to check it out, and I like it so far. I just not big into ghosts, so... I don't know, I have to keep, keep watching it, see how it plays out, but it's interesting. It gives, not to the same degree, but it kind of gives only murders in the building in a certain way in the in the sense that like it's like an old building that has a lot of stories i don't know i'm enjoying it so far but i think the fact that like i don't know there's like that supernatural aspect has kind of stopped me from like gravitating towards it and wanting to watch it it's the same way where like i let weeks go by between like i like i'll watch like i'll catch up on svu like once every three weeks because when Thursday rolls around or Friday rolls around and like I have like the series recording on my parents Xfinity, I don't have the, I don't have like the desire to watch it um, unless I'm like in a specific mood. I feel that way so far about the watchful eye. Like I, it doesn't have me like wanting to watch it like every week when it comes out. It's just kind of like sometimes I'll be in the mood and I'll like watch two episodes in a row. Um, So that's how I feel about it so far. So the next thing I have on my list is my general thoughts on The Bachelor. Now, I have so many. What can I even say? The last episode, if you watch The Bachelor, if you don't watch The Bachelor, the lead, Zach, got COVID. And the way this show handles COVID gives me a headache every single time. Every single time. This is the second time that somebody's gotten COVID. And I'm just like, I don't know. And I saw a clip on TikTok that came... Caitlin Bristow said that the clips of Zach like blowing his nose in his hotel room or like reading by himself or whatever, those weren't actually filmed in London. They were filmed like after the fact. And I just wish the show would stop like, and I know this is like wishful thinking. And obviously they're never going to stop lying to us 100%. But with something like COVID, it's like you don't have to lie. You can just not show him for a while and be like he was sick or whatever. Like, why do I need to see him blowing his nose? Like B-roll of that. It adds nothing for me. It honestly bothers me more to to know after, like, I, and I know most people like, they just watch, like, you know, they just watch the show. That, But it bothers me. It bothers me. Like, why are you lying to me? Same with like when the, they... The host comes in and it's like, we're going to Houston. And then it's like, your flight leaves in an hour. When their flight leaves the next morning. Why does that matter to me? If you're going to lie to me, at least have it be about something that changes 
a plot line. Like, why are you lying to me about something that has nothing to do with anything that I give a shit about? Like, respectfully, what am I going to lose as a viewer knowing that their plane does not leave until the morning? Like, why are you telling that to me? How does that impact me at all? It bothers me. It bothers me. Same with the COVID thing. I think it bothers me more with COVID because COVID is a very serious thing that a lot of people have just kind of moved on from and like passed as if it's not like still an ongoing thing that is killing people and like leaving people permanently disabled like I I just I don't know I think the way we talk about COVID um and illness and all of that is so important in media and yeah it's the bachelor but if you're going to include COVID in the storyline and not just be like oh he has like a virus then do it justice because literally like clarify for your audience because to me it's just irresponsible to be like oh the lead is covid so we're canceling this or like last season it was like oh this guy has covid so we send him home instead of being like oh he had covid we tested all of you we're quarantining maybe they don't need to mention that maybe people wouldn't care but it bothers me honestly to watch it and be like the girl he just went on a one-on-one with she's just like there she's just there they couldn't at least say oh we tested gabby she doesn't have it nothing gabby could very well have covid i don't know it bothers me if you're going to include the word covid you have to be responsible about it or maybe you don't because we like so many people in this society and in this country have moved on past covid and are like we're post-pandemic and like that really pisses me off but i think it's just such a like peeve of mine because it's like we're not past covid and covid's a very serious thing and I don't like the way you're talking about it. So that, those are my, that's not even like, anyways, that's such a minor, not minor, but that's such a like subplot of what's happening on The Bachelor right now. I don't really know if I have anything to say besides that, because that's really the thing. I mean, last episode, they should have just like, I don't know. Why couldn't they have like shown part of next week? There was like a solid, like, a, I think over half of the episode was just like the girls being like is Zach gonna come Zach's not gonna come if you watch the previews you would have like put it together that Zach had COVID because it seemed like he was doing something on zoom and it's like I don't know it just like it, it bothered it the last episode pissed me off and I've been liking this season so far but the last episode pissed me off okay the last thing that I want to talk about is one of us is lying So I started watching this on Peacock because my sister got a Peacock subscription, as I said a few episodes ago, to watch The Traitors, that reality show, which I do recommend if you have Peacock. And she was like, I started the show. It's called One of Us is Lying. And so I started watching it and I love it. I'm devastated that there's not a season three. I do think I'm going to read the books. I know it's based off of a book. I never read those books despite seeing them for a very long time because I heard they weren't very good. I heard from like one person that it wasn't that good of a book. But then I was like, I shouldn't check it out. So I never read those books, even though I saw it like for years. I saw that book for years. But now that I've seen the show, I'm very interested to read the book books because there's two of them. And I think there might be a third coming, but I am interested to see, to read the books and see the differences. And um, I don't typically do that where I like watch something and then read the book. I don't really like doing that, but I watched it truly with like no, I don't know. The only preconceived notion I have was like, oh, it's based off of a book that I heard isn't the best book. (laughs) 
So I don't really care about the book because I, I, I wasn't interested, like, you know? So I didn't really have that many preconceived notions going into it. Um, I have to say, by the end of season two, I was, like, in love with all the characters. Well, not all of them. But I was, like, in love with so many of the characters. I was rooting for them. I was, like, sad. I, like, I don't know. I was so sad. I'm so sad that we're not getting a season three. I loved the character Maeve, not just because I had a bird named Maeve and I loved her. But, like, I, I love Maeve, and I know she, like, fucked up at the end of season two, but they were so mean to her. <laughs> um, justice for Maeve. I'm a Maeve apologist. Um, I love Janae. Janae is, like, one of my favorite characters. I think I'm, like, in love with Janae. <laughs> I don't know. i big fan. Big fan all around of One of Us is Lying. If you have Peacock, I do recommend you watch it. It's kind of like Gossip Girl if they killed off Gossip Girl in the first episode. Um, that's the way my sister described it to me, so that's not an original thought. But it's really interesting. It is really interesting. It's basically like five kids are in detention and one of them dies and they rule it, they rule it a murder. So it's kind of like trying to figure out who killed him, whether it's one of the four in the room or not. That's the only spoiler I'm going to give away. Um... It's a great show, though. I really liked season two, I think, even more. I think sometimes when a show has, like, a really interesting premise for the first season, I I think sometimes it's hard to, like, go on, like, start a new... Like, if you wrap things up to some extent at the end of the first season, it's hard. It can feel forced sometimes making a second season when it's like, it could have just ended after season one and it would have been better as it is. And I think One of Us is Lying did a really good job of connecting seasons one and two, but also making them distinct enough and making the premise and like the mystery of season two be different and unique. But then also when you find out like, everything's revealed at the end of season two like there are connections to season one like it kind of took the big mystery of season one and like expanded on it and added like it's like another facet to it and that kept going on in the present time but also gave more information on the past um and the timeline before season one and also of season one it was it was just very well done and super interesting and I'm excited to read both books and see how different they are, how similar they are. Um, I'm really sad that there's not a season three, which I already said, but it kind of ended on a cliffhanger. And there are also just certain like conflicts in the show that I would just like to see resolved or get more information on. Like, I really want to see if they would forgive Maeve or Maeve and Janae going to get back together. Um, I have so many questions. I have so many questions that I'm just never going to get answered. But it was a good show. I do recommend watching it. And I think it it does a good job of both seasons of wrapping up the drama in a way that you do come away for the most part, like feeling like your questions were answered. And then they like present new, like from the entire season, like your, your questions from this season were answered, but then they end the season finales with like new questions that then can be answered, which is a little bit annoying 
that they, there are new questions now that I feel like they would have answered in season three that aren't going to get answered. But I think most of the questions are like the mystery of season two was resolved at the end of season two in the same way that it was for season one. I also really liked the characters. Like I, I thought the acting was good. I found the premise interesting. It was a funny show. I, re- I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I do recommend it. And that's where I want to end. Maybe I will do a deep dive of that. Although I actually don't, I do not think I will because my sister's Peacock subscription is expiring. But maybe, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll pay for my own just to do a review of that. But I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Those are my general thoughts on you season four. One of us is lying. The Bachelor other stuff next episode haven't fully i haven't fully pinpointed what i want to do yet maybe it'll be a deep dive maybe it'll be just like a general thoughts thing i don't know it depends how this week goes i am hopefully fostering kittens soon i am planning to pick kittens up on monday if everything goes according to plan so next week i might not have a ton of time to like you know rewatch something and take notes so it might just be a general mishmash like this episode was if you like this episode or if you're interested on my thoughts in general on tv please make sure to follow me wherever you listen to podcasts turn your notifications on so you get notified when i release episodes follow me on social media for updates although i'm not the best at updating on there about the podcast to be quite frank because it's still a very small podcast and sometimes I feel like I tweet something out and I'm like, nobody cares. So I just forget to tweet because I'm like, literally nobody will care. But just if you want to keep up with me in any capacity, all of my social media is linked below. Please feel free to reach out with any feedback, critiques, comments, concerns, ideas for future episodes, anything and everything is very much welcomed and accepted and I am literally thrilled to hear any kind of feedback about this podcast, truly, because I I put a lot of time and thought into it and any kind of like, I listened to an episode or I felt this way about this, any kind of comments or critiques or responses to this content that I'm putting out means so much to me. So please feel free to reach out in any capacity. Um, And I hope you have a great week. Thanks so much for listening. And I, you will hear from me. Hopefully everything goes according to plan next Friday. Bye, guys. Thank you.